We're a unique podcast for families of faith. Produced by parents and pastors who understand and appreciate how hard it is to maintain your faith in a hostile culture. We're here to encourage and support you in the most vital role of all, parenting. If you're feeling overwhelmed and afraid, it's okay. Brilliantly Brave is hosted by two middle-aged guys with nine kids between them. A road tripper, author, and pastor, Father Brad Mathias, and iShine founder, solo parenting expert, and all-around foodie, Mr. Robert Beeson. Join us each week as we explore and engage with some of the most intriguing, inspiring, outrageous, and awesome parents in the world. This is Brilliantly Brave. Hello and welcome to Brilliantly Brave. I'm Pastor Brad Mathias and I'm here with Robert Beeson. Hello, good to be here. You know, it's a new year. We're excited to share it with you. and We've got some really, really good guests coming up in the, in the next yeah. few weeks. Can't wait to talk to them. We've seen them a lot out on the road. Yeah, and in particular, we have a guest today uh, who's a Canadian. Um, which That's makes right. him super cool. He lives for in, you. Yeah, you love Canadians. I do love Canadians. I love all things Canadian. And I do if, too. Yeah, if any listeners out there, you know, want to send us Canadian uh, stuff, I'll take it. I'll, I'll put it up in my office. I know you will. I have a Canadian uh, bobblehead on my desk. That's true. That's true, folks. I I wouldn't lie about that, and I'm surprised he admits it. Well, I'm, I love Canada. It's uh, it's where God lives. He lives right in Bow Valley, which is uh, just north of Lake Louise. Okay. So yeah. that's what we're talking about today, Brett? No, but it was fun. Uh, so Clinton Fopel and his uh, lovely wife, uh, Tanya, are going to be joining us in just a minute. They are the uh, sort of founders and executive directors of an amazing ministry called Remedy Live. And that's a ministry, Robert, you and I have had a chance to interact with over the last couple of years. Absolutely. We've had artists on their show, and we've had actually one of their counselors host our TV show for iShine, mm-hmm. um, Paige Klingenpeel. And uh, just we've become close to, to Clinton and his clan, um, <laughs> Clinton and his clan, um, as we've been out on the road. They come to all the festivals. He's speaking at the festivals. We're there. So we've, we've done some life together. Yeah, and he lives in northern Indiana. Uh, the ministry Remedy Live is available at RemedyLive.com. These are people who are actively making a difference in the lives of teens who are in crisis. And so today's uh, podcast, we're going to talk about him as a executive director of this amazing ministry that's that you need to know about, especially if you have a teen, but also what it's like to be married with four kids under the age of 10. Yeah. Yeah, and be out on the road and do all the things that they do. How do they keep up? How do they stay sane? Right. That's a big vision to yeah. take on while you're raising kids. Yeah, so this should be an inspiring interview and should give you also really practical resources for help, especially if you've got a teen in crisis. So if that's you today, please stay tuned and uh, meet Clinton and Tanya Fopel. I was really interested in in a transition in ministry. I had spent um, uh, some difficult years traversing a very successful youth ministry in Western Canada. Um, I was married to a woman that I'd met in the church and she was a, a youth worker of mine. And uh, we we fell in love, got married, and um, within three years, uh, I was working too much and she uh, had an affair and asked if I would uh, no longer be her husband. And um, it was devastating. I crashed for about a year, and I, I didn't know what, if anything, God could use of me um, from the highest of heights into a really low, low point. 
And luckily, I had a mentor that kicked me in the butt one day after about a year and a half of therapy and said, it's time for you to get back on the horse. And I didn't know what that looked like. Uh, and together, he and I investigated a couple of ministry opportunities online. And one of them was in Indianapolis, Indiana, an inner city church, a highly affluent congregation in a very poor, poor neighborhood. Took the job. Um, and this is all around the 9-11 time. In fact, my first day on the job was September 16th. 2001. So it was right after 9-11. And I was in the office for a couple of weeks. And one day I got this phone call from this beautiful angelic voice. I, <laughs> it was so, it, I remember it like it was yesterday because it wasn't a regular phone conversation. And it was this, it was this uh, wilderness ministry asking me if I would be interested uh, with the church I was now working for and partnering and doing some wilderness trips. And I had done that in Canada where I'd been working. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's, I don't know anybody in this city. I don't know kind of the rhythm. So yeah, let's do this. And how many more days? It was like maybe a week later. Yeah. Tanya, a week later. You, uh, you came to the church. I, I had to come down three flights. This is an old, old church. I had to come three flights of stairs and I was almost to the bottom of the, uh, to meet, to meet you. And I heard this guy who had been at the front door say, uh, or you said, how are you? And he said, better now. <laughs> and it, it, it was just, uh, I could not wait to meet you. Mm. I was, I was, so I just nice anticipated something was, was going to happen that day. And, um, I'm going to let you share what happened for the next like hour and a half. Well, yeah, usually <laughs> when it, when I would come in to youth pastors to make my pitch, it would take maybe 20 minutes. And I think we were probably chatting for an hour and a half. And I got a tour of the church, and it was well beyond <laughs> any typical connection I would typically make. So, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think we knew initially that we were either going to be best friends for a long time or this was it. Yeah. So. And, I, and I wasn't looking to ever, you know, be remarry, right. but it was truly a God thing. Yeah. And um, we immediately engaged just in a level of ministry. Mm -hmm. um, I was immediately attracted to the fact that she was this gorgeous uh, 20-something in the late 20s, and you weren't dating anybody, and you were doing ministry uh, as a, a Caucasian female in a very African-American context. Mm -hmm. And the courage you had, the bravery you had, I just said, I got to get to know this gal. And um, we started dating shortly after that, started doing some trips together and yeah. getting to know each other and figuring out whether or not we were compatible. And then, um, and Brad, you'll appreciate this. I asked her to marry me on Sulphur Mountain in Banff, Alberta. So uh, that's, of course, Absolutely. fast forward the tape quite a bit. <laughs> but yeah, but, um, yeah it was fantastic. Those, those, that first year and a half were just amazing years, or amazing time for us to yeah. get to know what a ministry rhythm looks like together. Yeah. Wow, that that's a very encouraging story of not only redemption but also of just yep. just how God uh, seems to always show up when we pursue Him first. It, mm -hmm. There's this amazing principle that's been timeless in Scripture and in almost any Christian's testimony. You know, these moments where you're you're just pursuing God, and all of a sudden, coincidentally you bump into uh, a soulmate. And yep. so uh, that's so encouraging. I know many of our listeners will will identify with your story. So 
help me as a mountain lover, someone who climbs mountains for fun, which <laughs> Robert still scratches his head why someone would do that. No, I like watching people do that. I just don't like doing it myself. Right. <laughs> That's okay. So, uh, so you went from you know Canada to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm, are there a lot of mountains there in Fort Wayne? Well, yeah, Uh, actually, I I was raised in Fort Wayne, and so we would take um, kids from the inner city out into places like the Appalachian Trail or out to Colorado or or California, wherever they really wanted to go, we would let them lead the trip. It's it's an unbelievable ministry. It's called Camp Town, and it really does take kids out of their zip code, and, and some of these kids will have never have left their zip code hadn't it been for something like Camp Town. Hmm. So you can see, guys, the courage in this woman, you know, mm-hmm. to to take uh, a dozen kids from the inner city, you know, and, and, you know, put them on the side of a mountain and backpack for 20 miles with a 60-pound backpack. No kidding. She, she, she truly is an amazing woman. <laughs> we can vouch for that. We've seen you at the summer festivals, uh, no, <laughs> creation festival. Yeah, you've got yeah. four kids in tow. Clinton, you're speaking from one of the stages or maybe all three. You know, and you guys are road tripping from Indiana to the east and the west coast, and we see you out there on the road making a difference. There's courage there. There's courage, and I I have to say that um, your kids are so impeccably behaved. I'm sure they're Mm -hmm. always impeccably behaved. Yeah, right, always Um, exactly. But I just you can tell that there's a great foundation, Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times the. Kids, I grew up a missionary kid, and sometimes kids of people in ministry get the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that sense at all from meeting your kids. Your kids seem to be so well-adjusted and so tight and close, not only to you guys, but to each other. And so, obviously, you're doing something right there, um, which is a, a great, not, not only testimony to you guys as parents, but just as, as ministers that you're putting in your home first. And But I'm sure it's not without um, struggles, juggling all that. Mm. Yeah, well, the the first year of our marriage, in all transparency, was hard. Not like, you know, as hard as my first marriage and the issues that I saw there, but it was hard because we were we were both older when we married. Um, Tanya was a, a was professional. I independent. Yeah. I, she, I really had to break down that independence in myself that that uh, always had control, right? Mm-hmm. I never had to release that. And so coming into a relationship where I knew I wanted to submit to my husband and I knew I wanted him to be the head of the household. And uh, so I knew that in my brain, but I didn't really know how to do that in my heart and, and breaking that down. So the Lord really had to do some refining work in that first year of our marriage. Yeah, and then to, to make it worse, you know, she marries me uh, a guy who has always struggled with performance-based identity. And, uh, you know, I, I started working at a church here in Fort Wayne, uh, which is a completely other God story of how we ended up here in Fort Wayne versus Indianapolis. But um, I'm working 60 hours a week again. And uh, th- this time the difference is is that I have um, a partner in ministry who's like, no, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. We're going to talk about you know, what I'm feeling. And Tanya, again, that courage, courageousness, she had some mentors in her life that were kicking her butt to be honest and real with me so that I wouldn't be able to get away with, you know, thinking it was okay to be gone all the time. And uh, just to give you some context, for the first nine months of our of our marriage, 
we lived with Tanya's parents. <laughs> wow. We, uh, we couldn't sell our house in Indianapolis. And so, you know, and where mom and dad lived was 25, 30 minutes away from the church I was working at. So, you know, I wasn't like sneaking home for lunches in that first year. But we got some great advice in that first year from, um, uh, from Jim Burns, uh, yeah. who's well-liked. Mm-hmm. And Jim was doing a workshop at a, uh, a youth workers conference out in California. And it was simple. Weekly date nights, non-negotiable. You know, make sure you go out, and um, and and we kind of embraced that as you know the Lord saying that was going to be for us the way that we were going to stay honest with each other, uh, unashamedly protective of that night, and that was going to be our 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 corporate business meeting. We were going to sit down and measure how our finances were doing, how our romance was doing. This was before kids, but now of course we talk about how how raising kids is going, how we're doing spiritually, how we're doing sexually, you know, everything. We just, we just, we have a romance. In fact, tonight we're going out for our date night. Yeah. Usually it's Tuesday nights, but this week with the Christmas season, it's kind of been changed up. But we're, we're really, really excited about the fact that that advice came at just the right time because we have just had a very transparent communication focused marriage since that first year well and it's been so critical for for us uh, having four kids just to make sure that we're keeping our relationship even before the relationship of our our children and to make sure that we are kind of that that hub i guess you well we've noticed from from our own children and from other people's uh children that we've been a part of that kids get confidence from parents that are crazy about each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they, they love when mom and dad are, are romantic and in love with each other because they never have to fear what they see some of their peers going through with families breaking down and struggling. Now, I don't want to mislead you guys. I'm a passionate guy. I'm married to an incredibly passionate woman. We do have arguments, and we do that mm-hmm. in front of the kids yeah, because we, we want to show them, mm-hmm. first of all, that you will disagree, but there is this thing called forgiveness. It's God's idea, and it works, and it needs to be something that you say mm-hmm. is a non-negotiable as well. So, and they regularly see us say, honey, regularly. will you forgive me? Like 20 minutes <laughs> after our talk, yeah. right? Will you forgive me for yes. That's really, really good. So, I, have, yeah. I have a practical question. Um, when you talk about the date night and, and you're going out, are, are, am I to understand that? Um, do you guys just go to a movie? Or, I mean, is it, are you guys really serious that every date night becomes kind of a board meeting where you discuss the different things that that are going on? It's my job um, to assess where we're at. I'm the leader of the house. I'm I'm responsible for this incredible heart that God's given me with Tanya. And so there are some weeks where I know that a movie, no problem. She needs it. She, I need it. She loves action movies, which is such a great gift to me. <laughs> that is a gift. She's, wow. she's not a yeah. chick flick kind of gal. In fact, I recently tried to do a chick flick. I, I, I can't remember what it was. I said, we're going to watch a TV show. It was. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm not sure That's I'm really so going to do a chick it. flick. But, um, <laughs> but, 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 but I can sense um, we, we've always been able to read each other mm-hmm. as to whether or not this is a night where we're going for dinner and we're, we're sitting in the restaurant. And we're not going to sit a- across from each other. We're going to sit on the same side of the booth, nice. and we're going to talk. And we're going to we're going to love each other um, with maybe some hard things we have to talk about, or we're going to celebrate some things that we've seen in our family or in our ministry, um, or we're going to talk about other people that we're involved in life with that we're trying to help. You know, couples that we're leading or or marriages that we're helping uh, mend. And so, 
I have to kind of be the one that is accountable and measures whether or not we're able to do a movie night. Now, in in Tanya's, I think you want to talk about the tennis uh, date nights. She would, if we could, every every date night, we'd be doing something that was physically active because she's an incredible uh, athlete. Um, but we don't do a whole lot of the tennis nights because I get my butt kicked really badly. <laughs> so. Well, and I just want to say, too, it just requires um, just an extra uh, intention of making sure that you're leaving space and, and leaving mental and physical energy for each other. I think so many times uh, in a marriage relationship, we, we spend everything literally that we have in our emotional tank and our physical tank, and we leave very little for our spouse. And so, you know, having twins and, and going mm. through those seasons of, of um, just feeling like I'm wearing motherhood literally with spit up running yep. down me and, you know, just <laughs> making sure that, that in every um, every season that we've had so far, just that we leave, we leave enough for each yeah. other to, yeah. to to not make each other feel like we're a chore to be around or we're having to force something. Yeah, wow. and I would I would say too, husbands, this is your job to pursue your wife. You know, this mm. is your calling to pursue and chase your wife and to protect that date night. Mm. And I I'm so grateful that I heard that from Jim when we first heard that message, yeah. you know, years ago now, because this isn't mutual. I'm in charge of getting this thing done. And, uh, and my, 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 everything in my life is better because of mm. it. Tanya is more receptive to my leadership. Uh, we're sexually more attracted to each other. Yeah. We're better parents. We, we give off an aura to other families that we're, we're, we're really wanting to do this God's way. And yeah, that's attractive to unity. couples. Yeah. This, yeah. And it's this, all because yeah. I just, you know, some advice was given to me to get off my horse and do something about it. Yeah. So. And to wives, I would say, don't overcommit. You know, I think we, we have a tendency to want affirmation, you know, in, in many areas. And so it was just really, uh, you know, you talked about the foundation of, um, of what we've laid with our with our family and just to have 10 years that I had only raising kids I, I didn't hop back into ministry right after Ella was born our oldest I, I stayed home and was able to be there um, you know 24-7 with the kids yeah. even if I and wasn't was perfect <laughs> that yeah. was my ministry even we did if marriage I ministry we did yeah. we, couples came to right. us but we didn't go anywhere right and I and I really tried in that in those seasons to make sure that I was doing ministries that involved the kids like you know making sleeping bags for the the homeless or um, you know packing little shoe boxes for families abroad um, just things like that that they could be also involved with so that they kind of catch mm -hmm. the um, the mentality that it is so much more blessed when you give when mm -hmm. than when you receive yeah. and so yeah. yeah. So hopefully that's, you know, as we're traveling and as we're on the road and we pray for dad, you know, <laughs> to be this amazing impact to other people and uh, to be this blessing to those that are just at the end of their rope. Uh, you know, they, they've transferred that in. It's not all about us, you know, to those little things that we did when they were three and when yeah, they were four. You know, I, I feel like they're making that transfer now to say it's still not about us. It's about what God's going to mm -hmm. enable us to do together as a family. Yeah. You know, uh, I want to jump in here and and just encourage and congratulate you on, on the fact that you've really made uh, a solid foundation. 
um, that you've developed those healthy habits of dating and including the community of faith around you to be mentors. I can hear it in your story that those pieces are established, and from that has grown a national ministry like Remedy Live. Uh, it's no coincidence that these healthy foundations for your marriage have led to you being more uh, equipped to parent not only your own children, but also to lead a ministry that helps to parent kids in crisis. So what would you, you say to uh, maybe a mom or a dad, a, a family that's either blended or a single parent or just parents that are overwhelmed? What would you say to them if they, if they haven't developed these habits yet? What if they're not really plugged into a church or they're struggling with finding the time for a date night? Is it too late for them or wh- what would you say to that? Yeah, it's never, it's never ever too late. Yeah, never too um, late. That's the great God we serve is that he's, he's always given us opportunities. He wants to connect the dots, but he's looking for a willingness for us to say, you know, I, and, you know, I, I call it the dangerous prayer. Lord, here's the day, use it anyway. Connect me with what you want me to be about. Um, and so, yeah, there's always an opportunity. I think that the, the, it starts with that dangerous prayer. Uh, Lord, give me... A, a conviction which direction you'd want me to go by way of serving you and getting involved in ministry or um, how I should be more intentional with my son or daughter. I, I'm a big believer that the first ministry after the marriage that a parent should have is to their kids. We're, we're called to disciple our children, and it's not the youth pastor's job. It's not the children's pastor's job. It's mom and dad's job. And so I think that you uh, can honestly, organically, uh, live out this one only life as a minister of the gospel with your children alongside you doing the things that God's called you to do. And Tanya is an incredible example of that with the the uh, um, sleeping bag she talked about. You know, the kids helped her make those big, heavy sleeping bags. And so hmm. uh, oftentimes around dinner time, especially in this cold season, uh, the kids are praying for those people under the bridges that are using those sleeping mm, bags. That's cool. Um, because they, they, they have a stake in that game. Um, and, and so a mom or a dad listening, whether you're married or you're, you're a single family home, um, doing ministry with your kids does not need to be uh, something that's complicated, and it doesn't need to be done in a church. Um, it could be done simply on a hot summer day by handing out bottled water to people at a park. It can be uh, going and, and working at your local food bank, and our country's got a ton of those mm-hmm. around that, that people are looking for volunteers. It can be um, as simple as, you know, again, Tanya is an incredible ambassador to our neighborhood and baking cookies for new families that move into the neighborhood. And she always brings the kids along. And those kids, our kids are ambassadors of a, of a beautiful smile to a, a visitor or a stranger to our neighborhood. So uh, there's always opportunity. But are we are we praying the dangerous prayer in obedience to say, Lord, do what you want? And then are we listening to his response? Because sometimes it's different than what we might expect. Mm-hmm. One thing, too, that we hear from a lot of parents, too, um, on on the kind of ending of their teenage years is parents wish that they would have done a better job at creating a um, community of other families that were like-minded, right? So families that were um, maybe more involved at church or more involved with a specific ministry and that would be a community 
for those times uh, down the road where they hit rocky roads, where they need another adult to come alongside yeah, their, voice. yeah, they're a teenager and say, okay, you know, we're in this place. How can we get through this together? Because sometimes we hit those areas and teenagers don't want to hear from their parents. <laughs> and right. so the more, uh, the more of a community that you can build around your children, you know, we're, we're really trying to be intentional about that as they're younger. So that when we hit those teenage years, we've got that base and we've mm-hmm. got, you know, backup plans, I guess you could say yeah. <laughs> where God can speak through these other people as well. Yep. Well, I think, uh, for our listeners, this has been a very valuable uh, story that you shared, this idea that there are sort of foundational stones, if you will, that, that can be laid in any marriage that allows this amazing growth. It allows for something stable to emerge, something that could affect not only your children, but could be a significant voice into the culture around us something like remedy live and so for our listeners i want to encourage them to go to your website remedylive.com this is a major ministry that has a huge impact on tweens and teens that are in crisis we're talking about kids that are dealing with suicide issues addiction cutting uh, severe depression these uh, these are kids that are not talking to anyone else. And so if you know of a child like that, or maybe you have one in your own home and you just don't know how to reach them, check out this website and see how uh, this ministry is impacting kids. And they're using technology. They're using uh, media to communicate the message and the hope of Jesus Christ in a way that that is really remarkable. And as an executive with iShine and someone who's a pastor as well, I rarely see ministries that get it like Remedy Live does. And yeah. so I just want to congratulate you. you both for fighting for your marriage and yeah, thank you. you know, just allowing that vision that God gave you to to launch a ministry to thrive even though you're raising four kids of your own and i'm sure there are days when you feel anything but brilliant and brave right right, right. Yeah. that's right there's, there's days that that's part of the plan too though that god is showing us that we're getting a little bit too dependent on our own strength and not on his or we're not doing what we need to do to engage our kids better and um i i, I don't ever want to be that youth worker that neglects my own child for the sake of helping others. I want to do it all. I want to be yeah. the, the light to all the kids. And, and my, my own children will only be capable ministers um, if they know that, that they're loved and adored and, and that mommy and daddy are there for them. So, yeah. Well, thank you for being our guest today on Brilliant brave parenting it's a podcast that's designed to help parents in the middle of whatever life is throwing at them to keep going to be encouraged and so we encourage you to tune in next week as we continue our journey together thanks clinton thank you tanya thank you thank you so much parents remember even if you may not feel brilliant or brave you are For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, and love, and self-control. And I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 13 This podcast is a service of iShine Ministries and the Tween Gospel Alliance, all rights reserved. Donations to Brilliantly Brave are tax-deductible at iShineLive.com. 
Review and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or on our webpage. And read our blog and connect with us at WordPress at BrilliantlyBrave.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brilliantly Brave.